We spent a lot of time this morning talking about air conditioning and what are the rules in places like apartments because a lot of people don't have air conditioning and some people view it as a luxury, but a lot of people die in this country in heat waves. So should it be mandatory? Also today, we heard yet another story of a couple getting wailed on by their cell phone company, getting a huge bill for something they say they didn't even do. It's the last day of school for a lot of students today, so we spent some time reflecting upon the good and the bittersweet memories of saying goodbye at the end of the school year. And on the subject of air conditioning, we asked you to weigh in with your living without air conditioning woes. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Loren McNabb and Greg Mackling, who is off this week. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, June 29th podcast for The Start. It is McGarry and McNabb Mackling's off this week. And if you go to our Instagram at 680CJOB, you'll see what the view is like from up here on the 30th floor. It is spooky with some fog. And Loren, you watched it roll in while you're driving in? Yeah, coming up 59, heading north. And as I look over to the east, it's like rolling across the fields. Oh, boy. And it was it used the word spooky. I, I had said kind of felt like I was in the Headless Horseman movie, like a murder <laughs> was about to happen or something because the way I, kept, I was like, is this fog? It's fog. And the next thing you know, I'm in it. And it was just kind of cool the way it kind of sunk in. And so now, of course, we're up high and we're surrounded by it. But Camp Poitras said on his way in, there's no fog down there. Yeah. It doesn't feel the way it, like, we feel like we're trapped up here. We can't see anything. I'm just curious what it's like on the roads for some. Yeah, and let us know when it's safe for you to do so, of course, because indeed I just went downstairs a few minutes ago and looked up and it looks like barely anything. And yet looking out the window, we can't see Anything. So just something to keep an eye out for if you're driving out in the open this morning. And while we're dealing with fog this morning, yesterday, Jeff Braun and I were recording the couch couch potatoes. It was around 12, 15, 12, 30, I think, when I got the notification on my phone. And then whenever I get weather, I get, I get a lot of notifications and I don't always look at them immediately. But when I get the weather warnings, for whatever reason, I'm always like, Got him. Oh, what's happening? What's coming? And I saw a tornado watch for Winnipeg. I'm like, what? So, um, yeah, I, sent I was that, wondering what's coming. I sent that to my husband saying, just, just, you know, you're under a tornado watch. And he said, just so you know, all of Manitoba is. <laughs> and then I went looking and sure enough, it wasn't all, but basically all of Southern Manitoba was under that watch and it shifted to warnings in some parts. I know Nipah area ended up in a warning and there was a final cloud sort of spotted in that area. Mm. And they're looking to see if anything actually touched down. No reports of damage or anything, but it had us all looking to the skies for hours yesterday. And then eventually right around six o'clock, a storm rolled into my neighborhood and my youngest and I opened the front door and just sort of sat inside, but watched the storm outside. And uh, Moose was very intrigued, running back and forth in and out of the rain. And then the thunderstorms would clap and he'd run back in and it was cool, but it wasn't, it was just an average storm for us. Same here. Yeah. Like I, uh, I thought I better, I had to go to the store. So I thought I better run down there now while it's not raining because it looked like it was coming in. And uh, it, it was weird because I, w- I was surrounded by clouds, but not like they were, they were, it was cloudy directly above, but the mean looking clouds were all around. So I thought for sure that we were in for it. And then I got home and the wind started to pick up. My blind started to rattle and I thought, okay, here we go. And then it started to rain. Actually, I didn't even notice when it started to rain. I just kind of looked outside 10 minutes later and thought, oh, it's raining. And then there was a little bit of thunder. It's almost disappointing, I, which is weird because I know storms can be bad. Well, what is that about the like our human psyche with storms? I think most people would agree, oh, I love a good storm. Yes, 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 I don't want damage and I don't want this or that. But you like to watch it roll in and we all become junior meteorologist for like nine <laughs> minutes, you know, where you're just like here, you know that. And I make up cloud names and I'm like, oh, the mama tooth shelf situation it's happening and that's going to bring something and like I you decide in that moment I know how this is going down yeah 
Cumulonimbus, yes, I think, was the, the big one. Yeah, <laughs> Peter Quinlan yesterday, global meteorologist Peter Quinlan, had some fancy graphics on uh, the evening news last night showing the, this, this shelf of clouds. So I guess let us know where you were yesterday. Did you see any serious storm activity? Would love to hear from you at 204-780-6868. Also today, just after 6.30, we'll get into this a little bit more, but... We're going to, it's a conversation we have often, but I don't think it's one that we can have often enough as it pertains to cell phone bills and getting raked over the coals. Well, a lot of us will be hitting the road in the next couple of weeks. You might be air travel. So we're going to talk about air travel after eight, but we're going to talk road travel at 637 because of roaming charges that you might get hit with. And you, you might think you've taken all the steps to protect yourself from getting hit with high costs when you cross the border into the United States, but we're going to share with you the story of a Calgary couple that was shocked with the bill that they received after they thought they had done everything right with their carrier. And so it kind of begs the question, like, you know, your cell phone company will tell you, all you have to do is switch over to this plan when you travel. Mm. But I, I've been there before where I still get hit with a bill. I, this couple has been hit with a bill. And then what happens is you ask yourself, should I just travel and buy a cell phone when I'm in that country, like a cheap like throwaway phone, phone, like a burner away, like like I'm some sort of FBI agent, like I need a burner phone <laughs> yeah. because it's cheaper than changing over to that roaming plan that's being provided. And we still continue to complain about regular cell phone bills, but our roaming charges for, I think, almost all the carriers are still higher than most countries in the Western world. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And you're right. Yeah, I think they, I think that I thought they changed it so that you have to be alerted once you exit your area. And that you've now entered someone else's service area. Like you get the notification saying you've entered roaming tap here to, to whatever to, for, to it's like 15 bucks a day or something. I can't remember uh, because yeah, I've gotten, I've uh, my girlfriend at the time going back over 10 years, got a, not a huge bill, but it was certainly heftier than we anticipated because we thought we were okay and we were not. And we were using her phone for, Maps and stuff and uh, costs like 800 bucks for three days. I've had that happen to me. And you think you're not phoning anybody. You're not texting anybody. You're just using it to travel, like for maps and maybe downloading a menu or something like that. And it can be hundreds of dollars. So we'll get more into that at 637 and share your experiences because I know we're not alone here having been hit by charges that you really think you didn't deserve. McGarry and McNabb. Mackling's off this week. And by the way, on the subject of the weather, our question of the day at cjob.com for Mr. Furness. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furness at 204-832-6243. Got some tornado watches and warnings yesterday. The question is, how do you feel about weather warnings? 42.5% say always follow what it says. 30% say I don't pay attention. There are too many. And 27.5% say I'm getting complacent. So you can cast your vote at cjob.com. And before we get into... The nasty cell phone bill, one of the big things we'll be discussing this morning today, Loren, is air conditioning. Well, it's been an incredible month for heat and an incredible May for heat. And then now June has seen so many days above 25, many above 30. And so we're going to ask the question about air conditioning where you live. Do you have it in your home? Do you have it in your apartment building? And in the wake of all this talk about climate change and the fact that it's getting hotter out there, should air conditioning be considered more of a right, more of of a mandatory thing that's required in the place that you live? We'll delve into that after seven. And if you have any tips on how to beat the heat in a non-air conditioned home or workplace, let us know. We'll get into that in our next segment and tell you how you can win tickets for the Gimli Film Festival. But right now, if you're hitting the road this summer to the United States or beyond, a reminder, you could return with huge charges on your phone bill if you don't take care of matters ahead of time. That warning comes after a Calgary couple says they were charged for excessive long-distance cell phone charges that they didn't make while on holidays. As Tomasia De Silva reports, telecom critics are not surprised. It was a road trip to Texas Todd Murray and wife Elizabeth won't soon forget. Amazing adventures captured on their cell phones. Okay, here's, here's one. Murray says, aside from photos, they only used their phones for a few calls and texts. So imagine their surprise when they got the bill. My wife looked at the bill on her phone and she says, honey, this can't be right. And I said, well, how much is it? 
She says, 756 bucks, and I said, what? The bill was long on charges, but short on details. So he called Bell, questioning the $450 in long-distance charges, despite a $13 per day roaming plan, despite putting their phones on airplane mode when not using them. They stuck to their story. Our computers are never wrong. It really is a shame to see regular, ordinary Canadians get caught in these kind of traps. Rosa Dario is with the advocacy group Open Media. It's long been calling for fair prices for mobile services in Canada. She says international roaming plans are another way to gouge consumers. They know that we're backed into a corner when we're traveling. They know that we need service. Companies also know, she says, most people will stick with what they know, adding it's easiest, but not the most transparent. The deals that our Telecom companies enter into with international partners, whether it's in the U.S. and Europe, wherever it may be, are secret. Bell sent Global News a breakdown of the couple's charges, which it stands by. It also reduced their bill by about $80 because it forgot to switch on the plan at the start of the trip. I won't even use Bell again. Not enough for Todd Murray not to hang up on Bell. He remains adamant he did not make those calls. I want to pay for what we owe, not for what they say we owe. Now, Bell says customers will receive a text when Roam Better is activated, but an agent will contact the couple again to go over the charges. Open Media advises Canadians to look at other options from international carriers when going on holidays. A couple things in this story sort of tick me off. One, you know, I get that there's these plans. That you're right. As soon as you cross the border, it does remind you, Brett, that you are now roaming, you can click that link and then change your plan for the time you're going to be away. You can also set it up ahead of time, which is what this couple did. So my first thing that I'm irked about is they called to complain saying we don't deserve these charges. The company said, too bad, you know, the computer's never wrong. And then when Global News got involved, oh, lo and behold, they found 80 bucks or something at least that, that weren't necessary charges. And so it wasn't accurate and it might still not be accurate and then beyond that companies like bell tell us they just recently increased the roaming charges so it used to be 12 bucks a day that you could pay for that plan now it's 15 and there's been stories of people who send one text like one text and get hit with a 12 dollar bill like it's just doesn't it just defies logic and so the crtc said earlier this year it's going to launch an investigation into international roaming charges because canadians are paying too much but we already know that. Like, I don't. There has to be a better way here. Yeah, I, like I, I realized that years ago things were different. I remember when I had my flip phone, and it had access to the internet. Uh, it had access to things like YouTube, and I didn't have any sort of a data plan. I can't even rem- remember if that existed. I guess it did because uh, I didn't because I didn't have data. I never used any of that stuff. But out of curiosity, one day I pulled up YouTube for like two minutes, and it cost me twenty dollars. So back then, I get it, but now it just feels like all of this stuff is just gouging. And uh, Kristen, for example, says every time I go out to my family cottage, it's just across the Manitoba border in Ontario. Uh, Every time I go out to my family cottage, I get the welcome to the States notification on my phone. There's no service there, just enough signal for that notification to pop through and scare me into worrying about extra charges. Haven't been charged yet. Um, I think it's the border does like a little jump below us, but we're still pretty far from crossing over the U.S., border. So that's another thing that I always often wonder about when you're close enough to the border that your phone switches to the American signal. And then what happens at that point? Would you be charged even though you haven't left Manitoba? And you have to stop and think about what you're, you know, it's not that you're, you need that phone and travel to check your Instagram account or whatever, although that's probably what lots of people are doing. Mm-hmm. I use it for maps. Uh, just this week, we know we're planning to make a trip to see my sister. And so we set up a WhatsApp account so that we can contact the other couples that are going and keep track of, you know, when we have each other's kids and that kind of thing. And then I thought, wait a minute, I haven't paid for my plan to be adjusted, but you ha- it's like, it's, it's not life or death, but you're using them to heavily communicate while you're traveling for all sorts of reasons. And, and one of the things that's bugging people is that roaming fees since 2019, when they started charging, you know, this average $8 per day, well, that was 2019. Now it's 12 or 15 bucks or 16 bucks a day. So in four or five years, they've doubled that package that I might buy into to Rome. Like I just, I just don't feel like 
where's the analysis of what they're making versus what I'm spending to have that package? Probably just easier to put your phone in airplane mode and enjoy your vacation. It's McGarry McNabb. Mackling is off this week. In our next segment, just after 7 o'clock, we're going to talk about air conditioning in apartments. Like, What are the rules as it pertains to... Because we've got rules in place for heating, but what about cooling? Should there be rules? What are the rules? So we'll get into that throughout the morning. But right now, on the subject of air air conditioning, we want to ask you about... Have you ever lived without AC, whether it was maybe in an apartment, like your first apartment, or maybe you grew up without air conditioning, or has your AC ever broken down, either at home or at work? And do you have any tips on how to beat the heat? 204-780-6868. Or maybe you got a story about like when you were on vacation. Uh, Tell us a story for a chance to win Gimli Film Festival tickets. And, Loren, why don't we start with you? Because didn't you have a broken AC situation last year, the year before? A year and a half ago, we had uh, lost the AC in September and decided that we'd wait until the next year to replace it. Just pure money because our fridge also went at the same time. Just oh. all, you know, a bunch of things you couldn't afford all at once. And then it turned into like one of the hottest Septembers. I don't think it was on record, but it was crazy how many days were above 25 or 30. So we went through that and I realized how much I love it. Even just traveling um, through Europe last summer, you know, there's so many places that just don't have AC because they're so old. So you don't, I've slept outside when visiting my sister over there, like on their deck in April, just because it's much better than being inside because it's so hot. The hottest I've been in an apartment was in Ottawa where all the fans in the world, I I ended up renting in a place with my three girlfriends and I ended up in the sunroom. It was like a room that was turned into a bedroom, but it wasn't supposed to be a bedroom. It was all windows, like Mm -hmm. floor to ceiling windows. And so it was just, it was like a, it was like a greenhouse and I was the wiltering flower every single night, like dying, (laughs) like just dying and oscillating fans and that noise going back and forth. And at some point you'd wake up near tears because you just couldn't sleep mm-hmm. in that heat. Like you just, and you were so, the whole summer was just so exhausted. So that's the hottest that I've been living in an apartment. The hottest I've ever been just being outside was being in Afghanistan. And we went on out with the troops and it was 45 degrees. And our vehicle broke down that we were in. And I remember my cameraman taking off his flak jacket. And I was like, Mike, you got to keep that on. Like we, we don't, they, they told us like the Taliban could be anywhere. And he's like, I don't care anymore. Like yeah. it's so hot. <laughs> That I think I'd rather just die. That was, honest to God, his response. Sitting in a hot damn desert, sitting in a tank. Yeah, just like, forget it. He was like, forget it. And by the way, if you want to go the opposite direction, and and maybe uh, you hate the AC, or maybe somebody in your place likes it too cold, if you want to tell us the story in that vein, shoot us a text at 204-780-6868. Cameron Poitras, what about you? Well, like in terms of like AC, like I had a very, very stark contrast. I When I was working in Merritt, BC there at the radio station, I uh, had an apartment and it was a little bit too much for the amount of money I'm making, which was, as you can probably believe, a pittance. Um, <laughs> but so I was yeah, working sure. there and it just was, it was becoming too much. I said, listen, I got to save some money. And I, and I found a place, it wasn't much less, but a sign- enough that it would make a big difference. Um, and so the place that I was la- left had AC and I moved to a place uh, that didn't have AC, and um, it was the middle of the summer, and Merritt is like semi-arid. It's basically a desert, um, and so it was like 32, 33 days in and days out. You know when you're like on the bed sweating? Yes. And you have like the, blank o- the blanket over like one of your legs, and you're sprawled out just like <laughs> panting. Um, that's what it was like. <laughs> so I, I actually set up like a cooling system. I don't know if like – and I had I had one fan – so I would like when it just became unbearable, I would go into the tub, I would get it all full of cold water and I would just like submerge myself in the tub and then <laughs> and then I would get out and I, I took the um, I took the shower curtain off and I laid it on my bed and I went into the bed wet and I laid there, <laughs> as you can imagine, in my birthday suit and I just let the, the, the air blow all over me and it, it cooled me off. Uh, but it was like every two hours I had to run to the... I hate being hot. You had to I dip yourself. Hot. You had I to had dip to yourself. Dip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Cameron dip, they call yeah. that summer. The summer of dip. The summer of dip. Yeah, cam dips. Like, yeah, let's get that going. That's a great uh, dip, though. If that worked for you, that's fantastic. Um, Sarah, what about you? 
Yeah, actually, my college apartment did not have AC, and that was in southern Ontario, so the humidity is quite different. It's been pretty humid here, though, I will say that, but it is quite humid down there. Um, so thankful to have AC now, but it actually broke just a couple weeks ago, so I went like... I don't know, three days without it. I mean, that's nothing compared to people that live without it all the time. But it was horrible. I just kept watching the thermostat yeah. climb, climb, climb. It was like 29 degrees in there at some point. And uh, I shut the blinds, but nothing would help. Nothing would help. It's I got stifling. a little fan. Yeah, there's oh, nothing. Sometimes it. there's nothing you can do. So I avoided my place that those few days until the technician could come around and fix it so spent spent a lot of money eating out and that sort of things those few days but yeah just sleeping is impossible so yeah, yeah. it's the worst if that's yeah. your 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 home your your mm -hmm. sanctuary your refuge and you don't even want to be there no because it's that hot that's that sucks For forte sure. what about you see i'm pretty lucky i i have ac i've always had ac we don't have ac at uh, the cottage but it's, uh, i don't find it that bad there plus if i'm ever like you know what i can't stand this i can always just go home because it's just at Winnipeg Beach, so it's only like 45 minutes away. Uh, but at home, since I do, at my apartment, I do have air conditioning. But uh, to, to sometimes at the evening, if it's like a plus 30 day or over 30, what I do sometimes is I will actually close my blackout blinds. That way I don't get the sun coming in because mm -hmm. I face west. Mm -hmm. So that helps keep the sun out and keep that heat up. So I'll close blackout blinds. I also will close my bathroom door because I don't need to heat up my bathroom or uh, cool down my bathroom because mm -hmm. how long are you in there any anyhow so uh I, that's what i do to save also do not turn on your stove yeah that's a big one yeah yeah even turning on just in one of the elements to cook up some eggs or something you can feel that heat it just adds to the heat in your place so at 204-780-6868 tell us a story about living without air conditioning how hot were you and whether it's at home or at work. And do you have any tips like Cam on how summer to beat the heat? Dip. The summer of dip. I'm just picturing that now. It's not the thing you want to picture, you know, but I'm picturing it. <laughs> 204 my mind, Sarah. 68, Sorry, unfortunately. There were 22 days above 25 degrees this month. That's temperature outside. If you're someone living without air conditioning, then you know inside it can often feel hotter, depending on the way your windows face, your blinds, and more. And we're delving into this more this morning, Brett, because you mentioned yesterday something that was interesting to me, the fact that there are rules for landlords that they have to hit when it comes to the temperature inside your apartment when it's cold out, but there's nothing in place for the hot days like we've seen this month. So here's what the livability bylaw states. From 11 p.m. until 7 a.m., the temperature can't be lower than 18.3 degrees. And then from 7 a.m. until 11 p.m., the temperature must be at least 21 degrees. So that's a winter rule to keep you warm, but I think most of us would agree 21, maybe 20, would be a decent temperature in summer if you had that option. So this morning we're asking, should there be rules for temperature for summer? Avram Chirac is a property manager in Winnipeg and spokesperson for the Professional Property Managers Association. Good morning, Avram. Good morning, Lauren. Thanks for joining us so early. And, and I had a question first. You know, when it comes to you and the properties you manage or what you hear through the association, where does it's too hot in my place or it's too cold rank on the list of complaints that you might get? Well, it depends on the time of year. Right about now, it's too hot is probably in our top two and in minus 30 degree weather. Sometimes it's too cold. It really depends on the exact suite because uh, we do have very good heating systems. So in my building, I live in a high-rise apartment where it's it's one or the other. So they, they either turn on the furnace and tell us, okay, we're going to switch over, so no more AC, or it's the other way around. They'll say, all right, we're turning off the heat and we're switching on the air conditioning. So there are two times a year where it's too hot, and it's it's in May and it's September because they, they have to wait until there is no way that it's getting below five degrees and then in September, they turn it off because we get that sort of cools down in September and then it always, always heats up again. Um, so I have a, about four weeks a year that really suck because it gets up to 28, 29 degrees in my place. So the last couple of Mays, last four really have been super warm at times, get approaching 30 degrees. Almost half of May this year was above 25 degrees. So 
How challenging or costly would it be to replace that type of heating system to make to make sure that you can have both heating and air conditioning at the same time? Uh, you know, I, I'm not an expert in the heating system in your building, but it would be extremely costly. That, that's an old chiller boiler system uh, where you're running the, the system one or the other. In order to create a system where you have both, yeah, I'm presuming you might not have forced air. You might have more like a water and, and fans. You would have to basically re- add a second system, like an additional set of plumbing. So we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably. Yeah, it's no easy fix, and we get that. We're asking these questions this morning, Avram, because, you know, the Ottawa just said this week it wants to eliminate all heat-related deaths in the next 20 years. And BC announced it's going to provide, I think, 8,000 air conditioning units to some of those more lower-income tenants. And so we're just curious, when it comes to air conditioning, what is the status of it in most buildings in Winnipeg? So a lot of the properties that were constructed before 1970, uh, many of them, don't have air conditioning in every unit, and in most units, the air conditioning they have would be a single air conditioner, which helps keep the unit colder, but that doesn't necessarily work when you have two bedrooms and a living room, because you have one air conditioning unit, and you have to try and get the air to circulate around. So the newer construction, stuff built in the last 10 years or so, and remember, there was a gap of almost 30 years without construction, uh, tends to have more units. So it might have... uh, they have these kind of units where you can put different heads in. Mm-hmm. So they might have two or three heads in the suite. So there'll be two or three rooms where you have air conditioning. Of course, that makes it more efficient to flow around. And then anything built in the 70s and 80s tends to have air conditioning for sure. What do you think? Should air conditioning be considered a right? Well, <laughs> let me phrase this carefully. Uh, are we allowed to charge? for the hundreds of thousands of dollars we spend to install air conditioning. Um, you know, most, most tenants, if they can afford to purchase it, could purchase additional air conditioners and put them in their windows. It's a lot harder than purchasing, purchasing additional heat. Uh, it's very difficult to retrofit a 1950s building. Um, so, you know, I, personally, I think it would be wonderful if everybody had air conditioning, but financially, especially in an environment where you have very strict rent controls, uh, it's difficult for someone who's trying to actually turn a profit so they can stay in business to, to renovate everything to make it as good as it would be if you built it today. Yeah, there's a reason why, you know, if you, I had mentioned Europe, you go to some other countries, you know, the buildings are so much older and they just don't have the AC because it just would be, I, I'm presuming, would be so costly to, to provide that. And at the same time, we know that heat does kill people. And so that's why we're having this, this debate this morning. And so if it's not a right you know, in terms of retrofitting, would it make sense to change the building code so at least all new buildings go forward have it? Does that make Uh, sense? I'm not sure if the building code even has that yet, but that would make a lot of sense because, again, then you're constructing a building having a fairly good idea because you never know these days the way inflation is of what it's going to cost you to construct that building and what you'll have to charge for rent to recoup your costs over a reasonable amount of time. So I don't foresee that being an issue with, with new construction having air conditioning. And, you know, the thing is, air conditioning is not perfect. You know, I, I have a two-story home, and it's very warm on my second floor and very cold on my first, and it's a reasonably well-built home. Avram Chirac is a property manager in Winnipeg and spokesperson for the Professional Property Managers Association. Thank you for your time, Avram. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. And coming up at 9.05, we are going to speak to the owner-operator of Mr. Furnace, who is also the chair of Heating, Refrigeration, and Air Conditioning uh, Institute for the Manitoba region. Uh, and we'll just get some more information on, you know, what is it like to retrofit a building or a home. And we'll get some recommendations. If you live in a suite, for example, that does not have air conditioning, what would be the ideal unit for you? Should you go win- window unit? Do you go with a portable? And continue to weigh in at 204-780-6868. <laughs> McGarry and McNabb-Mackling is off this week, and we're talking air conditioning this morning, and should it be mandatory? What does Terry have to say on this? Yes, I say AC should be mandated. However, what would happen to low-income suites? Would they disappear? Would landlords feel they can jack up the rent a lot? A lot of buildings are older and don't have the infrastructure to handle AC as well. And as much as I'd love that for everyone, it may not work practically. That feedback from Terry. And yeah, I get it. There's a huge cost to that. And you may not think it's a big issue 
for you, but we're talking about the idea that heat kills. We know that. And so how do you escape that heat if you're in some of those units where you have no other choice? And when you're older or you have really young kids, that becomes hard to manage. And Giselle, meanwhile, says, I have no AC in my house and my cool down time is usually in my vehicle with my air conditioning. Well, I haven't had AC this year in my vehicle until yesterday. I had to wait for a condenser coming from California to have that air conditioner fixed. And it's expensive, but surely will be worth it now because the day it was 36 plus, I got in my vehicle and my thermostat read 39. By the time I got home from the city to the country, my clothes were soaked. And there are those days that you roll down their window, Brett, and it doesn't make any difference, yes. right? It's like a hot fan blowing at you. <laughs> and one of our listeners texted to say, I'm not going to say their name just in case it alerts to anything, but they have someone they know who refused to turn the AC on on a road trip because they thought that would save them money. And so they had the windows down the entire oh. trip out west and back to Alberta and back. And when they got home, a, an angry spouse did the math and discovered they saved maybe $4 on gas or something <laughs> oh my like gosh. that. Now, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the math is on AC use and gas mileage, but their deductions were not worth it. Turn on the AC. $4. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. Um, so yeah, 204-780-6868. We got time to sneak this in from Don. It says, growing up, we had no AC in the house, so mom would save all the four-liter cardboard milk cartons, fill them with water, and put them in the freezer. During the summer heat, she would put them in a plastic tub and put the tub by the inlet of the furnace and then turn on the furnace fan. So that would draw the air cooled by oh. the ice blocks and circulate it through the house. Not quite air conditioning, but it worked pretty well. So that's a great tip. So if Smart you've got mom. tips on how to beat the heat in a non-air-conditioned environment, let us know. We want to continue to discuss air conditioning and what it's like to live without it. And should there be rules? Should it be mandatory? What does Mike have to say, Loren? Mike says, I grew up with no AC. It was so hot all the time. I used to sleep hugging a fan blowing in my face. I'd talk into the fan and pretend I was dark Darth Vader. Thinking about it now probably wasn't safe. Having a corded electrical device with spinning blades touching my face all night, says Mike. But as soon as he texted that in, I thought of this scene from Tommy Boy. La 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 Luke. Luke, I am your father. Oh, I've interrupted happy time. Oh, what a great movie. What a great scene. There's no, if you grew up with a fan and out AC and I did, I definitely did that scene into the fan. The difference is my fan had the protector, mm-hmm. like the plastic protector on it in that scene. And maybe the way Mike grew up, it was, it was just spinning blades with like a, like a four, Lines of metal. Oh, geez. So, like, to maybe stop your whole head from going in. <laughs> but it wouldn't have stopped your tongue or your hand or your fingers. So, you know, fans have come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's a good point. I forgot about fans that weren't fully sort of encased. But, I mean, we're getting all kinds of feedback from both from many sides. And that's why our question of the day has a few options, uh, including one of them. Like, the question is, uh, should it be mandatory for all homes in Manitoba? And one of the options is no suck it up. And we just wanted to share an exchange that we had with one of our listeners, uh, Vance, who started with by saying, and we know that Vance, his comments reflect what a lot of people probably think about this. So this is why I want to share it. Vance says, I can't believe how soft society is becoming with regards to air conditioning. It's too hot in the summer. It's too cold in the winter. Blah, blah, blah. We've lived without air for 40 years. Close the windows and blinds in the day. Open it all up at night. I run a resort with 11 cabins. None have air. It's amazing how many people have no clue about shutting everything down during the day and opening it up at night. People should start driving with their windows down and enjoy the fact we are not freezing our butts off. In four months, everyone will be crying about the winter weather. Toughen up, buttercups. So I said to Vance, yeah, there are plenty of ways to keep your place cool. He mentioned keeping the windows open and keeping it shut down during the day. And I said to Vance, I had no AC for much of my life until 15 on the farm. And we benefited from shade and breezes and different things. But I said, in the city, surrounded by cement, in spots where there is no shade and you're completely exposed, that's not easy to do. You can open up all the windows you want. 
but they call it an urban heat island for a reason, right? The cement absorbs all this heat, releases it at night. And in yeah. fact, at night, you'll find in your apartment, it might feel hotter as a result. And so we, Vance and I have, have had this back, back and forth. And so then Vance said. He said, you were right. Part of the problem is we don't have time to become acclimatized. We go from cold to hot in a very short time. And you mentioned Afghanistan being 45 degrees when you, Loren was referring to some uh, of her work experience in Afghanistan. And uh, when it's 30 degrees there, people are getting a chill. I know guys who served when it got to the mid-20s at night, they were freezing. So Vance, thank you for that. And it's a good point. And it remind what Vance just said there reminded me of a time. This was about 10 years ago. And I can't remember if it was May or June. doesn't matter. But on the Tuesday of this particular week in question, it was four degrees. By Sunday, it was 30 degrees. And I went golfing that day and I walked the golf course. And by the 13th hole, I had to sit down because I was about to pass out because it was too hot, too fast. And my body just was like in total flux. And that's the challenge because we reference, you know, people in Europe, Mike, my sister lived over there for years and had zero issues with the heat compared to when I'd go visit and be thinking, oh my gosh, I'm just so awful. It's so stifling in your house. And she just was used to it. So you can't acclimatize. The problem right now with these extremes is that you're not getting that period to build up that tolerance. Like the person who lives in Arizona, who's used to heat all summer, they still love their AC there. Yeah. (laughs) Like completely, but they might be a bit more used to it. Whereas here we have like five days of 30 and then two days of 22 and then three days of 30. So maybe over time we'll have to get used to it or find your body might adjust but right now we don't we don't live with that kind of acclimatization within our within ourselves. Yeah, I don't it's a, think it's not often where we get that sort of two to three weeks extended heat wave where it's at least thirty degrees. I do remember there was one year where I'm sure we had at least two weeks of it, and towards the end of it, I was I was actually quite enjoying it. I went out. I you remember adjusted. golfing. I was thirty two, thirty three degrees, and I walked the course, and and I was I was all in on it because by that point I had gotten used to it. But uh, I certainly I was not looking forward to going home that day because that was a time where I had no AC. I also wonder if there are different people if you react to heat or cold differently. Like you're, you're as you are as a person. Like I, I always joke as a pasty redhead. I can't. It gets too hot for me, and I can't take it. But. Maybe there are just certain blood types, certain backgrounds, certain something in your your DNA that allows you to adjust to it better. I have lived in other countries for extended periods of time with heat and did not grow to like it any more at the end <laughs> than I did at the beginning. I, I've also traveled. I remember being in Thailand and from day one to day 16 was still like, oh, it's so hot <laughs> out here. I thought I was going to die on a bus ride from Cambodia because I was just trapped in the stifling heat. I didn't adjust. I did not acclimatize. But maybe, maybe some, I don't know, like maybe if you're blood type O, you can do heat There's and mosquitoes be. or something. There's got to be some science behind that. So keep, keep weighing in on the air conditioning. And don't forget, we're giving away passes for Gimli International Film Fest on your experience in living without AC. We'll pick a winner at 915. But right now, today's winner of Let's Talk Turkey with Manitoba Turkey Producers is Sean Ashby, who picks up a nice little gift bag, including a Butterball gift certificate and some recipe books and stuff. And Loren, this recipe is, it sounds really cool, actually. Yeah, he says, this recipe makes me a family hero. It's turkey enchiladas. So, two cups of shredded turkey, two teaspoons of cumin, one cup of black beans, but it has also used refried beans, two cups of shredded cheese. Sean recommends Colby or Monterey or jalapeno. Salsa. You need his mother's homemade recipe, so I don't know how we'll get that. Twelve smaller tortillas. Preheat the oven to 350. Spread everything equally in the tortillas. Roll up, bake, Eat with sour cream if desired. That sounds amazing. Sean, you are going to have to give me a a jar of your mom's sauce. (laughs) I love how he puts, you will have to fend for yourself with your favorite salsa. (laughs) It's a family secret. Great recipe. Uh, Congratulations, Sean. Thank you for submitting. Last winner will be announced tomorrow. Still time at cjob.com. Let's talk turkey with Manitoba Turkey Producers. It is McGarry and McNabb. Mackling is off today, although you will hear his voice this afternoon to plug the Tri-Hospital Dream Lottery. The deadline is midnight tonight. Our question of the day at cjob.com for Mr. Furness. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furness at 204-832-6243. Should air conditioning be mandatory for all homes in Manitoba? Your options are yes, at least a window unit. Yes, but only for new builds. 
No, it would cost too much. Or no, suck it up. Cast your vote at cjob.com. And we're talking about this because there are rules for, like when it's cold outside for heat, but no rules, right, for keeping places cool. No, and we we started talking about this in the last 24 hours because Ottawa says it wants to reduce heat-related deaths, eliminate them if they can by 2040. BC was uh, giving out free air conditioner units to some 8,000 properties because they're trying to combat what was a deadly heat wave a few years ago. And so when we went looking, we were told by the province that the livability bylaw for Winnipeg, for example, is that from 11 p.m. until 7 a.m., the temperature can't be lower than 18.3 degrees. And from 7 a.m. until 11, the temperature must be at least 21 degrees. So that's really about keeping you warm and alive, frankly, in winter. But we don't have the same consideration for the summer months, Brett. So we want to continue this discussion with Tara Smith, who is the owner-operator of Mr. Furnace and chair of the HRAI Manitoba region. That's the Heating, Refrigeration and Air Conditioning Institute of Canada. Tara, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for joining us this morning. And, you know, one of the things we've been talking about is the idea of of retrofitting a building to provide air conditioning. So how challenging is that? Um, Depending on what type of building you're looking at, if they've never had air conditioning before, it can be a very large challenge, uh, especially if it's a system that doesn't have ductwork, so there's no forced air to begin with because then you're installing multiple smaller units throughout the building. So there's there, there's the conversation around retrofitting a smaller building, Tara, and then I was curious about new builds. You know, are there any rules for new builds to automatically add or include air conditioning right now in Canada or Manitoba? So there's no law when it comes to homes at all that that require you to have air conditioning. The only thing I can see is in a workplace environment they say that the maximum temperature for indoor workplace shouldn't go over 24 by 24.5 degrees Celsius, but there's no um, rule on what you have to do about it. Like there's no other, it just says you shouldn't, they don't have to work if it's hotter than that. Um, So there's no law for homes at all for any requirement to put air conditioning in. Indoor air quality, there is. You must have an HRV if you build a new home or do a major renovation, but nothing for air conditioning anywhere in Canada. So for somebody who lives in a home, like an apartment with no air conditioning, and they are interested in in going out and getting their own unit, how do they know what's, like, is there a a right way to do it, i.e., do I, should I get a window unit or do I get a portable unit, depending on the kind of suite I have? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're in a suite that you're living in this year and you're going to go somewhere else next year, then obviously a portable unit is probably more in your favor or a window unit that you can then remove and take with you. If you're in a place, a condo that you have bought, then you would look for a more permanent um, answer that could maybe give you a little more comfort. The problem with or luxury or problem with portable unit luxury is you can move it from room to room as long as that room has a window that you can exhaust through Um, a window unit though once you pick that window it's good for that room and it's hard to get that air to circulate out into other rooms so that becomes a restriction with those another option is what's called a ductless split so you have an outdoor unit and then you have the indoor mounts and you can have multiple heads so let's say if you had a two-bedroom apartment you could have one in the main room and also a head in each bedroom if you really wanted to. But that's a more permanent and the more expensive unit. So something you would only do if, if you owned or the, the property. What do you see when it comes to demand for AC? Like, Do you get calls from those older property owners that say, okay, I've, I've had it, like I've done enough years or enough weeks or enough summers without AC and I, I don't think I can do it anymore? Um, we, we do. We get... Um, it's funny, it's when you see a lot of the older homes being bought by younger people, they're like, I don't know how these people live for the last 50 years without air conditioning, but we need to put something in this home now. So let's let's change it, right? So as homes change over, um, people get used to what they get used to. So um, it's usually when people move into a home that they want to make that change. But it has the last few years have definitely, we've had longer periods of hard to handle heat where there's just no reprieve. And there's no way around that besides air conditioning. Do you, think, no do you think there should be rules in terms of, of cooling, like there are for heating? 
Um, I think that if in, in, uh, in settings where you don't control your own environment, there should be rules, like for apartments and buildings. Um, there should be some rules because as our climate is changing, when we have five days of plus 30, how do you, how do you ventilate or cool a building down that holds 100 people or 200 people? One of the um, conversations, sorry, Tara, for, I was just going to oh. get in before we let you go. One of our questions from our newsroom this morning was, and I don't know if you'll know the answer to this, but in addition to talking air conditioning, we also know that, you know, that can add to costs for your, to cool your home, to heat your home and all the rest. And so if I'm one of those people that is constantly switching my AC back and forth, like it's too hot, now it's too cold. Is that adding to, like the more you change it, does that add to your hydro bill? Is there any truth to that or is that just one of those things that my dad might have said so I stopped touching the thermostat right right because you stop playing with it well no there is some there, there is absolute truth to that so your air conditioner isn't just bringing cool air into your home it's removing humidity from your home so the person that goes every night and turns off their air conditioner and opens all the windows because they love the fresh air they're just bringing all that humidity right back into your home and your air conditioner wakes up in the morning and goes I got to do this all over again so yeah you're making your unit work harder and the more it works, the more electricity it's using or power. So the more it's going to cost you. So the best thing you can do with your air conditioner is find the temperature you like your house to be at, set it, and just walk away. Just let the system run the way it's supposed to run. Now, you could have two settings, like a daytime and an evening setting, that you adjust at a few degrees difference. Like, I don't need it 21, maybe, or, you know, at night I don't need it to go down quite as low. But... Um, you shouldn't be adjusting it more than two to three degrees because it's just making your system work that much harder to get it back down again. Tara Smith is owner-operator of Mr. Furnace. Thank you very much for joining us, Tara. This has been great. Thanks for having me. McGarry McNabb, Mackling is off this week. We are asking you to tell us about living without air conditioning, a story of like how hot it got, or maybe you have some tips. And Kathy has, this is really interesting. Kathy says, uh, and this, she's not our winner. And she said, you know what? I'm, I'm not, I don't, not for the contest. Just want to share my story. But um, we, Kathy says, we live outside the city. And for the first 20 years, we did not have air conditioning. The routine was to open the windows at night to let the house cool down and close all the drapes in the morning to stop the sunlight from heating up, et cetera, et cetera. If it got hot, the furnace ran, fan would run to pull the cool air upstairs from the basement I've now had AC for the last 20 years and find it necessary. Although I do still close the drapes, I just can't open the windows because of the high humidity in the last couple of years. I'm thankful for it. And Kathy goes on to say, also, I've been driving since 1975. And last year I bought my first car that had air conditioning. I love it. I don't turn into a grease ball in the summer anymore. (laughs) Driving with the windows open just doesn't work all that well. So imagine that, driving since 1975. uh, First, I said, what made you decide to finally go with AC in the car? And Kathy says, I got old. Yes. And the weather got hotter. There's truth. There's truth to that too. You know, it's it's just different. The different ages have an impact. One of our listeners says too, they have a health condition that makes it really hard for them to move and get and and get to cooler spots. And Mm -hmm. so it's just not easy for everyone to say like, yeah, just move to the cooler room or move to the room with the AC or go down the street to the store and have a coffee. And it just, it's not that simple. No, it is not. But our winning, uh, you know, yeah, I think we've got, we probably only have time for this. So our winner text, Loren, comes from a, a, a bit of a jilted situation. When my ex and I were first married, our apartment didn't have AC. We had invited his parents for supper one night in the summer, and it was extremely hot. Windows open for airflow and such, but it was still hot. The next day, or so, my ex came home with a window AC. He said, thanks to his father. His father said we shouldn't have to live in the heat and bought it for us. We were so appreciative until my ex's next paycheck. Let me first say he worked for his father. This wonderful ex-father-in-law deducted the full amount of the AC from his check without our knowledge. I was furious and insisted they either take it back or pay it for it themselves. Needless to say, we weren't on the best terms after that and glad they are exes now. <laughs> Would you not be steamed? Oh, I'd be furious, George. Like if I wanted to go out and buy it for myself and could afford to, I'd go do it. Yeah. 
That's just so cheap. Like, I, and it's this total reversal where at first you think, oh, thanks, Dad. And then turns out Dad's a cheapskate. <laughs> and then you, you create this situation where the son probably didn't want to confront his father because the father's also his boss. So then the, the person sending this text has to do the, perform the confrontation. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. So I'm curious. We're waiting for an update. What was the result? <laughs> what happened? Did they take it back? Did they give you the money back? I don't know. That would be Or you got it in the divorce. <laughs> I'll take the AC. <laughs> and this will be coming with me. <laughs> so congratulations to this listener where you don't know this person's name, but they are the winner of the Gimli International Film Festival tickets, which happens July 26th to July 30th. It's, for many, the last day of school. Yeah, either today, in the case of my kids, I think, because I did have that wrong this week. I thought it was yesterday. I do think it's today. (laughs) Maybe it's tomorrow, but that'll be a real kick to you. Yeah, I hope it's today for them. But some kids are done tomorrow. Some of the grads, the high school kids, have been done for several days now. And I'm just curious in your household, you know, if you have a kid who's in school what their kind of emotions are this time of year it might depend on your age or how they do in school or what they like about school for some people like I love sitting outside the school on the last day and the bell rings and and invariably you hear this like "Ah!" and if you look closely like someone's (laughs) chucked papers in the air because there's that excitement to get on the break the teachers are probably feeling that too but I was just listening to a story out of Montreal and they gathered some clips of last day of school for kids there. And when you're in elementary, when you're really little, sometimes that teacher can really start to feel like a friend. And so here's what some students had to say. I'm going to miss my kindergarten teachers the most. I'm going to really miss all my teachers that I, that I had helped me throughout my experience. They cared about us. There's so many good memories, honestly. It's, it's a great school. I just think there's all that kind of stuff, right? Like your teacher is your friend uh, in so many circumstances. It might be that your confidant. There might School might be your safe space. And I know that's not it for everyone, but there's a lot of feelings. And then you don't get to see your friends for two months, depending on what you're doing, or you see them less or you see them in different ways. And so that has uh, kids feeling differently. And then there's also the whole, I was telling you about, you know, classroom assignments. When you figure out uh, who your teacher is going to be next year, which might either have you going, ah, or woohoo, because like every kid has a perception of who they think is the cool or the fun or the easy, you know, yeah, or the strict one. Yeah. Well, and, and it, it's funny on that thought that some of my teachers who were less fun and stricter were also some of my, they were, they were still fair. And uh, I appreciate the strictness. Like I think of, for example, my high school French teacher was Monsieur Vermette and he was strict but he needed to be because we were trying to learn this language mm-hmm. and he carried this, uh, do you remember it was called Le Becherelle? Oh yeah. The little green book. Yeah. Tell you how to conjugate all the verbs. Uh, je suis, tu es, il est. And we didn't, cause and there was like nine different ways to conjugate verbs. I can't remember. And it was really, it wasn't really until high school where we realized how complex the French language is. So we needed somebody to be on, on us and be strict because we had to learn it properly. And if he was, if he wasn't so, I don't want to say rigid, but if he wasn't tough, then we wouldn't have learned. Well, you also get to the age where you do have to have some distinct lessons about this is due on this day. And if it's not due on that day, you will be marked accordingly because that's life and deadlines too, right? Like I can't, I like to roll in late as possible when the news starts, but yeah. if I'm here any later, I've, I've missed the mark. Like I've missed my job. Right. And so there's just different things in life where you have to pay attention to. And so at some point the teacher does have to be strict so that you're prepared. You're laughing about deadlines <laughs> I'm right so, now. <laughs> I'm just remembering in my um, first year of, I think it was first year of pre-com creative communications at Red River and it was a journalism assignment and the deadline was 7 a.m. And I handed it in at 7 a.m. and two seconds. And he said, sorry, fail. Like I was running down the hall. He was standing there accepting the assignments. And then as like I was reaching to the bin and he put up his hand and said, you're too, you're too late, automatic fail. And then he laughed at me. <laughs> so, but that was it. I missed the deadline. Deadline was seven. I didn't get it in on time. 
that's the point. I mean, in our work, that's it. And the same thing goes for, you know, do you want the doctor who's like, hang on, knee bones connected to the. (laughs) To the wristwatch, as Dr. Nick would say. (laughs) So, you know, you have to, you have to have that, those teachers that help you teach those things along the way. But I, I do think there are a lot of kids out there this morning and tomorrow morning that will, as excited as you are for the break, there is some sadness that goes along with it just because of the connections you make or the fun you might have at school. Yeah, and I remember, and I, now that you mention it, that there are certainly mixed emotions that would occur. I w- always found it so exciting, partly because there were a few years when my sister and I were kids where our parents would take us to the X on the last day of school. So it was this sort of double whammy where, yes, we're done school and we're kicking off summer at the Red River X. And it was a magical time. And it was just, I remember looking ahead two months off seemed like so much time. And I'm sure it felt like an eternity for my parents, no doubt. But yeah, it was, it was a fun time. But then uh, it was, there'd also be this bittersweet stuff that would happen where you got to either clean out your desk or clean out your locker. And I still have some, now that some of my like day planners that you'd get from school, from, from Ecole Regent Park and College Pirelli at Trudeau. I've still got them buried in a box somewhere. I don't know why, but if I ever do pull them out, I can look at them and go, oh yeah, I had Science Humaine on, at nine o'clock on whatever day. Is that the social studies one? Yeah. Okay. I'm just looking at my kids' report cards now, actually. They just rolled in. I'm oh, like, really? <laughs> I'm they... not, they're good. Uh, no complaints, except for, you know, like the odd thing that I'm going to point out just to be nitpicky. But... <laughs> Because I'm that mom. But uh, I think that the, the thing about keeping stuff, I'm curious what people do with all their school items. Because it's also the time of year you bring home all that stuff, like your binders full of things. Yep. And I have one kid who believes everything is special and should be saved. And so we have this trunk that I've been putting their stuff in. And then we go through it once a year to t- sort of weed things out. And particularly with artwork, if you say, okay, well, let's just keep a few things. He's like, you don't, you don't like that one? Or I'll throw it out without telling him. And then he finds it. He always finds it. Oh, this is, I worked really hard on this. I'm like, I don't have 17,000 acres of wall space to hold all the possible art. But some people hang on to a lot of it. Yeah, I, ha- I held on to a lot of, I think I did eventually purge some of it. But there are, there are still a, a few items that I kept from whether it was grade two or stuff from high school. I'm pretty sure I still have some assignments that I wrote in university and even at Red River College because, uh, particularly those ones, because those were the the stress involved in some of them. Or I remember I wrote a paper in grade, I think it was grade 11, was an English paper. I've talked about this before. We had to write an essay, I think, on just whatever we wanted, and I couldn't decide on the topic, so I went with, um, I argued... that there was, there were four teams vying for the number one spot in NCAA football. It was actually a big controversy that year. And so I wrote an argument in favor of all four teams. But I didn't start writing it really until like 1 a.m. Sure. And I finished it just before it was time to leave for school. So that night was the first time. I, that was the longest I've ever slept. Because I was basically up all night. It's mm-hmm. the first time I'd ever been up all night. Mm-hmm. And I slept for like 17 hours that Friday night. I went to bed at 5 p.m. and didn't wake up till 1 o'clock the next day. So you kept that paper. So, so I still have that paper as somewhere. As a reminder, yeah. I have in the bo- a box a couple of things, you know, from 4-H and school. But one thing I kept only because it's hilarious and you wouldn't get away with doing this now. I'm not sure about your phys ed, but when I was growing up in elementary, they had this train. Like they'd score you on a train chart, wherever the train was on the tracks. You might okay. be 10% or like 2 kilometers or 100 kilometers. And where the, if the train was farthest down the track, you were doing really well. Okay. And they would do things like you had to do a reach as far as you could reach to a ruler. They'd weigh you in front of everybody. You had to climb a rope. You had to oh, see yeah. how long you could hang on the pole. And so I've kept this train report card only because it's like it's sort of weirdly offensive, but also hilarious as if you'd get away with saying you're at 2% like health right now. Yeah. You were dying on this track. Like, <laughs> I don't remember the train. But you remember the like the actual fitness tests. Oh, I remember those. Yeah, I, I, I never, I, I don't think I ever successfully climbed a rope. I never understood. No one has. I, oh, some of my classmates, <laughs> sure they would they fly have, up but... that rope and, and they would do it just with their hands. Like they wouldn't even use their legs, but I didn't have the body, the upper body strength to do it. And I never 
understood the technique of using your legs to sort of snake your way up. Sure. So I was pitiful at that. And I always hated when they would do the tape measure stuff and weigh you in front of everybody because I was always a chubby kid. So there are certain, those things I, I don't miss. But, you know, when you mentioned the last day of school and the, the things we take away and these hearing these kids say that they miss they'll miss their teachers. I often will think of the teachers I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't remember her name, but I hate my teacher from grade one. Uh, it's, it's too long a story to tell. But I think of the, I mean, some of them, my teachers are, listen to the radio station. Monsieur Mousseau, if you're listening, fantastic science teacher, one of the most fun teachers I ever had. So uh, getting just thinking back to all the teachers who were so good to us, is a, it's a good memory uh, to, to revisit. I think. And when your kid says they're going to legitimately miss the teacher, man, you know that teacher has done a good job. And so to all those teachers out there, thank you. To the students out there who are uh, screaming with joy today, good luck. (laughs) And maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow is your last day. But let us know how you're feeling in your household because it conjures all sorts of memories this time of year. I did see a meme that made me laugh yesterday. It was Angela Bassett. I don't know what movie it was. I meant to source it, but it was Angela Bassett walking away from a flaming car. <laughs> and she gives one of her sassy finger snaps. And the meme was teachers saying goodbye to the school year. I saw one was with Chris Farley where he falls down that hill in Black Sheep and then stands up and he's all just out of sorts. And it was like teachers at the end of year where they're like stumbling into school just trying to make it. I know that doesn't stand for everybody, but it's all funny.